Good morning. Good morning. It's lovely uh, to hear uh, so many people in the church and see so many people in the church. Uh, it's, it's lovely to be here. And uh, today is a really special day uh, at Crescent Church uh, as we give thanks to God for the lives of seven children who have been born into our church family over the past couple of years. I want to welcome everyone who's here in the building, those who uh, are online as well. Particularly want to welcome the families and friends of the uh, seven children uh, who are going to take part in the dedication service this morning. You're really welcome uh, to be with us uh, this morning and also regular visitors who've been coming uh, over the last number of weeks and months. Child uh, dedication is a public testimony by the parents. They are acknowledging that their child is a gift from God and that they are responsible for teaching them the Word of God. As parents, they will set a good example and will pray that their child will seek a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Child dedication has its roots in the Old Testament, where the firstborn meals were brought to the temple and dedicated to the Lord. Dedication does not mean that the child is automatically going to heaven or is saved. It is simply an expression of the parents' commitment to raise their child in the ways of the Lord. It is also an opportunity for family and friends, as well as the entire church, to acknowledge publicly their support of the parents in fulfilling this rule. It is important that we, as a church, continue to pray for these families and support them uh, as their children grow up. As we begin uh, our service. Let's pray, uh, and uh, then we're going to stand and sing our first song. So let's pray and commit this time to God. Father, we come before you uh, at the start of this special service, and we give you thanks that you are all-powerful creator God. Thank you that you have created each one of us in the image of God, that you formed us, and that you know each one of these seven children who will be dedicated this morning. Thank you that you have plans for their little lives. And we pray for their families and for uh, the wider family connection this morning. Bless them as they seek to honor you. We ask that each child will at some point place their trust in the Lord Jesus who died for them. Be with us now, uh, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, uh, and we're going to sing all praise uh, to him. Uh, if you w wish to wear a mask, uh, you can do, but it's no longer uh, an obligation for us. So let's stand and sing uh, all praise to him.
Now, I'm going to invite each of the family groups to come up onto the stage and do a short interview with the parents. This is an opportunity for you to get to know the children and also the parents a little bit more. And I'll be doing it by age with the eldest baby first down to the youngest, and we'll do it in two sections. So if the Macmillans and the Donaldsons, and then Dan and Judith Lannan would like to come up uh, to the front, uh, and we'll make a start. It's great to see you all, and that nobody's been restricted in coming today. That's great. So thank you. Now, I want to welcome, first of all, Michael and Sophie, and Betsy and Bonnie. I'm going to give you a mic there. Um, now, Michael and Sophie, Betsy McMillan was born on the 28th of November 2019. She is our oldest baby uh, here today. Not a baby, oldest young, young girl. And I, uh, I think this is the first time we have dedicated two sisters uh, on the same day. Um, it's just brilliant to see you all here this morning. So first of all, I have a question for Sophie. Tell us a little bit about what Betsy likes doing and playing with. Um, she, she's quite energetic. So um, basically, she likes to make chaos where there is order. Uh, where things are tidy, she likes to make mess. Okay. So um, maybe she'll be someone in, in construction, you know, or blowing up buildings, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but she loves anything. She's been social. She's a pandemic baby, so when she sees other children her age, she goes out boogaloo, especially her cousins who are here today. So you okay. might get a glimpse of that later. So, okay. yeah. so she just likes getting out and about. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Michael, um, you described Betsy as fiercely independent and even said she was a total messer. Yeah. Who does she take that after, and what sort of uh, things does she get up to? I think if you use the words um, defiant and rebellious, they might also, and that would give you a better indication as to where it might have come from. Right. Um, <laughs> but in, in all honesty, um, we are so delighted that she is as confident as she is, um, as social and just, just as good as she is. She really is a good girl. Great. Well, it's lovely to see her here this morning. Uh, I want to share a favorite verse with you uh, this morning for Betsy, and it's from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I pray this will be an encouragement to you today. And that as Betsy grows up, she will know that God has plans for her little life and that you as parents will guide her well and introduce her to the hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. So it's lovely to see you. Next, we have Bonnie. Who is sleeping. Oh, Bonnie's sleeping. Her dad okay. has refused to bring her on stage. Okay. I would have woken her, okay. but well, here we Well, go. let's find out a little bit more about Bonnie. Bonnie was born on the 25th of October, 2021. I love this photograph, uh, how special it is to see her great-granda, Cecil, uh, able to hold her, this precious little girl before he went to heaven. Sophie, 2021 was a year of extremes, uh -huh. to say the least, for you guys. As a church, we, uh, we united to pray for you and for baby Bonnie. For those who don't know, tell us a little bit about what happened in 2021. Yes. Um Yes, so 2021 was the year of Bonnie. It was also the year of more of the COVID pandemic. So when I was 24 weeks pregnant with Bonnie, the sleeping baby, um, I got COVID and it just went quite deteriorated um, more than we thought. So I was in ICU with Bonnie when I was pregnant um, in hospital for three and a bit weeks and in ICU for nearly two weeks. So um it was a bit hit and miss for a time, um, and probably my husband knows more about that than I really do, but um, it was really strange. But uh, it's the prayers of the people in this building and people who I don't even know who uh, held me up and uh, held Bonnie up to God and named us to him and inter intercessed for us. So um, 
we are just so thankful that, that I'm here and that Bonnie is so well because it could have been a very different story. So, um, yeah, a very scary year, but ultimately, um, by the end of it, yes, very positive, and we're just so thankful. So actually, yes, thank you to every person here who uh, prayed for me or attended Zoom prayer meetings and all those things that I didn't really know about. Um, I'm so thankful, and I know Michael is so thankful, my parents, and everything. So, yes, a yeah. bit mad, but it was, it's, it's fine. We're here, and um, yeah. praise God, that's all I can say. Yeah, no, it's just brilliant yeah. to be able to celebrate today with you guys. Yeah. Um, Michael, how do Betsy and Bonnie get along with each other? Um, yes, very well. I think in the first few weeks, we definitely went through a bit of an eye-poking stage. Um, Bonnie was seen as something to be played with and inspected, and um, but generally, Betsy is very, very good with her baby sister. Um, oh, yes, and she definitely has adjusted really, really well to having a, another baby in the house. Um, so, no, she, she has been good this, these last few weeks. I, I think it is just an, an adjustment for any child to have a second, because essentially your first is your world, and then this other little person comes wanting attention and yeah. things like that. So, no. Um, they play well together, and no doubt they will in the future. Although two sisters, I'm not so sure. We'll, we'll wait and see, but um, yeah. Great. They're good. Okay, some verses for uh, Bonnie are from Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We thank God this morning that he brought you all, particularly Sophie and Bonnie, through the really difficult time last year. And we're thankful that God preserved you and that we can celebrate Bonnie's life uh, this morning. Thank you. Now, next up are Jason and Sarah Donaldson and Amy. And they're also joined on stage by Amy's sister, Hannah, and her brother, Marcus. Amy was born on the 30th of October, 2020. And I remember the first time I found out that Amy was on the way. It was April, 2020. Video chats were all the rage. Neville McMullen and I were winding Jason up on the video chat that he should have a third child. Then he just went a bit quiet and he didn't know how to change the subject. This was the moment that we found out. <laughs> now, we will never forget it. He had to confess a few days later that it was all true. So we'll go on to the next slide. Jason, you tell me that Amy likes a good curry. What level of spice are we talking here? And does she get her love of spice from her Cookstown or Fermanagh heritage? Just a wee bit of vindaloo is probably just <laughs> always, a, always a start, you know. But a uh, uh, bit of this and that, Tony, you know. Sort of, and, uh, is you is know, she a good eater? Brilliant eater, aye. She loves her grub. Um, uh, she would eat anything you just leave and put it, put it in front of her. So, uh, no, she's, she's a good eater, no. That's great. Yeah. Um, Sarah... What does Amy like to get up to? What does she like doing and playing with? Um, she's happy just being in ends of whatever Hannah and Marcus are at. She's in the middle of it usually. Um, she loves books. She loves nursery rhymes. Um, and particularly, she loves clearing out the kitchen cupboards. Okay. <laughs> is the usual one. That's great. Now, I have a wee question for Hannah and Marcus. Are you two guys good at helping look after Amy? Yes, a lot. A lot? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, what, Marcus, what sort of things have you taught Amy to do? Throw and catch a ball. Throw and catch a ball. Anything else you can think of? Uh. You teach her any words yet? No, no she's not no. saying any words. <laughs> okay. I think you, guys, you two guys would be great at looking after Amy. And as a family, I want to share a, a verse from Deuteronomy chapter 4. And this en emphasizes the importance of teaching our children the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 says, Only be careful and watch yourselves closely, so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen, or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. I pray that you will continue to teach your children, especially Amy, 
the truths about God and the good news of Jesus Christ, so that one day, through the Holy Spirit, they too will come to know and love the Lord Jesus as their personal Savior. So thank you to the Donaldson family for being here this morning. Now, next we have Dan and Judith Lannan and Connor, hello Connor, and Nathan. Connor was born on the 29th of November 2020, weighing a very healthy 9 pounds 13 ounces. Dan, you told me that he loves rabbit and bananas. Is that rabbit a toy, or does, Don, does Connor have an interesting diet as well? Yeah, that was a bit of a typo, I think. I should, I should, should have cleared that up. No, he loves his wee blue rabbit called Ears, and pretty much every fruit is called a nana, a nana. which he attacks. So. Well, what sort of things does, does Connor like to do? He likes to hunt Nathan through, through the house, basically, and put, pull his hair and bite him. Um, no, but he, he just loves Nathan and loves following him and, and laughing at him. Um, he loves climbing and getting places we have to rescue him. Great. Okay, typical boy, typical boy. Well, Judith, you are bringing up two boys. That's a lot of work. Um, are the boys alike, or can you see differences in their wee personalities already? Yeah, they're both, um, they're both wreckers. They're okay. both pretty smelly. <laughs> they're both boys in that sense. Um, but Connor is a wee bit more adventurous. He... Nathan, um, when he was this age, was a bit more careful. We said, don't touch the radiator, and then he never did, but Connor's slightly different in that sense. Yeah, so he's pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Um, This morning, I want to share a verse with you uh, uh, from the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, and verse 6. It says, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. That is my encouragement to you today. Continue to give Connor and Nathan the best start in life by teaching them that Jesus loves them and by setting a good example uh, as parents as you're doing so that they will learn what it means to be a follower of Christ. Uh, For each of the families as a church, uh, we have uh, a wee book uh, for each child. I'm going to give that to them now. And then William Johnson, one of our elders at Crescent, is going to commit these four little ones and their families to God in prayer. As a church family, we echo this prayer and commit to supporting these families in the days ahead. So I'll give them your wee books now. That's from the church uh, to you both. And there we've got two wee books for you guys, okay. Now, William, thank you. Okay, guys, let's just, uh, just to commit these kids to, uh, to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, our hearts are overflowing uh, with thankfulness. We thank you for this joyful occasion. We thank you that family is your design. We thank you for the framework that it gives for stability, uh, for encouragement, and for enjoyment. Uh, Father, we thank you that you love uh, children. When Jesus was around, he called the little ones to himself. He found them infinitely precious. He said, the kingdom of God belongs to children such as these. Lord, we thank you for uh, the framework of family. We thank you for children and parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles. Father, kids are so precious. We thank you for them. And so we thank you particularly uh, right now for uh, Betsy and uh, Bonnie and for Amy and for Connor. We thank you for their little personalities, uh, for their developing skills and abilities and their appetite to learn. Lord, thank you uh, for each one of them. We pray your protection and your guidance on them. Uh, We pray, Lord, that uh, you would, uh, at the right time, by your Spirit, convict them of their need to trust in you and to live their lives as you first intended. Lord, we um, uh, we want them to know the same Jesus that we know Uh, that they can one day call Jesus uh, their saviour and their friend. We want these four children to grow in wisdom and stature 
and in favour with you and with everybody else. Father, we thank you for the, the parents and the families that are here today. Um, Lord, being a parent isn't easy. And so we thank you that you help us uh, when we need uh, your guidance and uh, your help in, in many situations. And so we pray for Michael and Sophie, for Jason and Sarah, and for Dan and Judith. We ask, Lord, that they would look to you for their strength and for their guidance. Lord, help them. Uh, help them at the time when the times are most difficult and most stressful. Help them in the times when they know that they can't fix things themselves. And pr I pray, Lord, that they would uh, reach out to you. I pray, Lord, that they would um, love justice, that they would uh, act kindly, and they would walk humbly uh, with their Lord. And Father, for the, uh, the rest of the family, we thank you for them. We thank you for big brothers and sisters, for uh, Hannah and Marcus and Nathan. Uh, we pray good things for them too. And Father, for the rest of the families that are here today, the wider family, uh, we pray that they would be used uh, by you, Lord, uh, to model Jesus to, the, to the, uh, the children themselves. And so for us as a, a wider church, Lord, I pray for uh, the Sunday school teachers and the youth leaders to come, and for all of those that, that will know these children, that, Lord, that they would um, pour good things into these uh, young lives. And so we thank you most of all, Lord, that you love them, uh, that you want the best for them and you've got great plans for these children. And so we pray most sincerely uh, and in unity and in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks, guys. Now we're going to stand and sing a children's song, which is entitled, Hey, Jesus Loves Me. And I'm going to hand over to Amy, uh, who's going to lead it. And I think she has some helpers as well. So let's stand and we'll sing this song.
Well, thank you to uh, Hannah and Sophia uh, for leading us in that with uh, Amy. And it's great to have the boys and girls from Crescent Kids uh, here with their families uh, this morning. Now, we're going to invite uh, Ryan and Karis Wilson and Andrew and Hannah Wilson and Duncan and Ashley Lannan up to the front. So if you would come up uh, to the front. When, you, when you're speaking, hold it up really well to your mouth. Okay, so Ryan and Karis Wilson and Noah, are you? Um, Noah was born on the 15th of December. Have we got the wee slide there? Yeah, Noah was born on the 15th of December, 2020, weighing 11 pounds and 7 ounces. And the following day, he played his first rugby match. <laughs> Karis, Noah is a real smiler. What sort of things does he love doing? Well, he loves books, um, food of any kind, and um, animals and people. He's very sociable. Good. He's, he, I've seen him smiling and being very sociable, apart from when Amy was, or, or Emily was trying to take his toys off him. <laughs> um, Ryan, I have two things I want to ask you. Has Noah started walking yet? And I know that you love your sport, so what sports do you hope Noah takes up when he's a bit bigger? Yeah, no, he's fine. Um, well, he's not that fussed on walking, but we have persuaded him just in the past week, actually. He's taken about eight steps, so he's getting there. And, uh, well, as you can see, he was 11.7 when he was born, so he's, I think he's destined for the rugby pitch, probably the tight yeah. five, I would imagine. First or second row. Yeah, we'll have to get him out in the golf course as well. Um, so the words I want to share with you as parents this morning uh, are Jesus' own words, and William referenced them in his, in his uh, prayer. They're found in Matthew uh, chapter 19, verse 14. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. It's a good reminder for us this morning of how much Jesus valued little children, and how his kingdom belongs to little children like these. I pray that you will guide Noah to the Lord Jesus and that he will place his trust in Jesus as his personal savior when he's a wee boy. So thank you for being uh, with us this morning. Now, next we're going to go to Andrew and Hannah Wilson and Alice, and we've got Charlie and Eva here as well. Alice was born on the 16th of December, 2020, just one day after Noah. Hannah, were Alice and Noah in the same hospital? We were in the same ward. You're in the same ward. And Karis looked fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it must have been special for you, for you all to be uh, together. Um, I hear that she likes to shout. Yeah. Who does she take that off after? I would like to blame Andrew for that, but she shouts Andy when she wants a bottle. So <laughs> I think she's got that from me. She's learned it from you. Andrew, you told me that Alice is the biggest master out of the three kids. Uh, what sort of things does she get up to? <laughs> anything she can climb, anything she can throw on the floor. And she just loves making people laugh normally. That's her, that's so her she, favorite pastime. She's a sociable wee, wee girl yeah. as well. Now, Charlie and Eva, are you teaching Alice lots of good things on how to behave? I don't know, actually. You don't know? Well, your dad told me you don't teach her anything this good. <laughs> You're just teaching her lots of naughty things. Is that true or not? No. Did you teach okay. her that? <laughs> well, I hope, I hope you teach her good things. Uh, and I want uh, to give you a, a verse from Psalm 78, verses 4 and 7. It's really important that we pass on to our children what the Lord uh, has done for us and how he has changed our lives. And it says in Psalm 78, we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. It is our prayer that as you teach Alice the ways 
of God, that the Holy Spirit would work in her heart and that she would put her trust in Jesus as her personal Savior in the years ahead. And finally, uh, we have Duncan and Ashley Lannan and baby Elliot. Um, Elliot was born on the 11th of May, 2021. Ashley, Elliot was born in Kenya. Can you tell us why he was born in Kenya and how the local people and the children uh, of the school reacted to him when he was born? Yes, so we, Duncan and I were working in Kenya for four years at an international Christian school, and we figured that Kenya has good enough health care, so we decided to have Elliot there. And the children were just so excited because we'd been there for four years. They knew us really well, and they were so thrilled that we weren't going to leave before he was born, that they got to meet him. And one of them even won a, he won a staring contest with one of Duncan's <laughs> tutor, tutees. So we're very proud of him. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Duncan, um, it has been a busy year for you as a family, coming back to Northern Ireland, starting working here again. Um, how are you finding being a dad? Um, it has just been so good at the end of the day to come home and see this little guy. Uh, he, when he hears me coming, is you know looking around, trying to figure out where I'm coming from. So I enjoy playing peekaboo with him. But he's just yeah, he's just a happy wee boy. And uh, parenthood means you give up time and freedom and things. But it's just been such a blessing and yeah, just amazing to have him. Super. So. Well, it's great to have you back with us here in, in Crescent. Um, and the blessing that's found in Numbers chapter 6, uh, verses 24 to 26 says this, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And we pray this for Elliot and for you as a family as well, that whatever you do in the future, the Lord will bless you and keep you. Uh, we pray that you as parents will demonstrate to Elliot that true faith in, uh, what true faith in Christ is and that he too will trust the Savior. Um, again, we have some wee books for you as families um, to take and read to your children. And then after that, Neville McMullen, uh, one of the other elders in Crescent, uh, will pray for these three children and for their families. Again, we join together in this prayer of dedication. But let's give you the, their little books. There we go. There's a wee book from the church and for you guys and also for you. All right, thanks for taking part this morning. Thanks, Tony, for that screenshot earlier. Um, let's just commit um, these beautiful children to the Lord. Our Father, we just come before you again uh, this morning. We want to thank you so much for your goodness to each and every one of us. We thank you. Uh, for the gift of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just want to um, give you the praise and the glory today. Thank you for these wonderful children. Thank you for the gift uh, you have given to these parents of these beautiful uh, boys and girls. We ultimately give you thanks as the giver of all good things. We pray for them. We pray for Noah, for Alice, for Elliot. We pray, Father, that you would protect them Put your hand upon them, Lord, as they grow up. Help them to develop and mature and grow, both physically, mentally, and spiritually too. Father, may they, from an early age, understand their need of the Lord Jesus Christ in their lives, that they may ultimately uh, come into the, the family of God and into the very household of God. We pray for the parents. We pray for strength and for stamina, um, for energy to bring these children up, Father. It's hard work raising a family these days. So we pray for your blessing to be upon them. We pray for um, Ryan and Karis, for Andrew and Hannah, and for Duncan and Ashley. We pray, Father, that you would uh, instill in them good practices within the family home, that they would bring the word of God to their, boy, their, their children each day and set down patterns of uh, remembering the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for our church family. We pray for our responsibility here as well as the church family to pray for these children, to uphold them before you, Lord, and may we be a support to these families here today. So, Father, we just want to acknowledge you that you're a wonderful God and a kind and loving God. We pray for each of these boys and girls, all the parents. We thank you that the grandparents and extended family are here today. And we pray that together 
uh, we would um, bring honour upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in all that we say and do and lead these young boys and girls to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask these things and your blessing upon them. Amen. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you to all the families who have uh, been with us today. It's, it's been just lovely uh, to see you and your children uh, and to pray uh, with you. Um, just one announcement to make. Uh, this evening at 7 p.m., Ollie Neal is our speaker, continuing the series uh, in Second Peter. I'm now going to hand over to Tim Graham. Tim is a member of Crescent, also a busy dad uh, with three children uh, of his own. So uh, he's now going to uh, bring us a, a, an epilogue. Uh, and thank you, Tim. I'm a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So um, I'm starting at the stage where I have more questions than answers. Um, and I'm sort of used to that background white noise of kids making noise. So don't be uh, annoyed or, or, or stressed if your kid starts to kick off. Um, so like I said, I've got more uh, questions and answers, it feels like. So we're going to turn to the Word of God, uh, to Psalm 127, a Psalm of Solomon for some wisdom. Psalm 127. And this is what the Word of God says. A song of ascent of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to his beloved. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Now I am aware there is a cruel irony giving a passage to parents of, of newborns stating that the Lord gives sleep to those he loves. Maybe a bit of a harsh choice for this morning but in all seriousness I knew we had to pick a passage that was five verses or less because that's all the attention span of a, a newborn uh, parent with baby brain um, I'm speaking for myself at least but this is a, a psalm of Solomon so unsurprisingly it is a psalm of wisdom and, and Solomon jumps straight into the nitty-gritty reality the stresses and strains of everyday life I wonder if you noticed that in verse number one we have a house build project. I hear that's a lot of work, a lot of stress, architects, planning permission, demolition, dust, builders, delays, complications, costs. It's more stress. And also in verse number one, you, you notice the watchmen. It's not enough just to sort of build the house and have the house, but you need someone to, to watch over it. You need security. You need police. Someone has to pay for that. Maybe a service charge, street lights. You need to have a, a well-kept, safe environment. And then in verse number three, he throws kids into the mix. And now your shopping list is twice as long. There's uniforms, sports kits, musical instruments, camps, birthday parties. There's housing, there's security, there's children. It's all work, it's all stress, it's all more money. And as I'm often told by my parents, money doesn't grow on trees. So what in this short wisdom, Sam, does Solomon have for us in the nitty-gritty jungle of day-to-day -day life. Well, in the next sort of 12 minutes, I want to make three very brief points from this psalm. I, I want to look back to verse number one. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. Now, you might not be a builder or a security guard, but these two verbs, if you like, building and, and watching over, they're, they're used because most occupations fall into those two categories. We are either building or making things, or we're protecting and watching over things. 
Those are the same two things that Adam was instructed to do in Genesis chapter 2. So whether you're a teacher bringing order to child's minds or an engineer constructing solutions or a marketing manager building a plan, you're building, you're making things. Or maybe you're a doctor or a nurse. You're protecting our health. You're watching over police, armed forces, insurance brokers. They're all sort of watching over, protecting what we build. So this wisdom is for everyone, whether you're a builder or a watchman, whether you make things or protect things, this is universal wisdom to you this morning. And it's clear, isn't it? Solomon repeats it twice. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. No matter what your job or occupation or contribution is to life, unless the Lord is involved, Solomon says, it's vain. It's empty. Without God, our life's work is empty. Solomon, the man who had all the money, sex, and power you could ever want, is warning us that it is possible for us to waste our lives. The sheer fact that when our life is done, we take nothing with us is continually repeated in the Bible. Nothing lasts forever, and, and the life we do have, it's only here for a short time. James says it's like a mist. It's here for a little time, and then it vanishes. And what's the point of it all? The house may be built, all the expense, all the planning, all the work, all the stress, but at the end of the day, is it just empty, meaningless? I don't know about you, but I was remembering yesterday, you know, I only know the first name of one of my great-grandparents, and that's because it's my middle name. And my dad always told me that he used to do his own autopsies on his own horses, and that's the only thing I know about him. So I'm his great-grandchild, and apart from him, I don't even know the names of my other great-grandparents, and I don't even think about them except if I see a dead horse. So what was that all for? All their life all their building, all their watching. Is there any lasting significance or was it all ultimately empty? Well, Solomon knows that the good news of the Bible is that God rescues us from emptiness. God sent his son to stand before us and our empty wondering, wonderings and to declare and commend God's love to us that, that the Lord wants to be involved and because of his death, burial, and because he's alive today in heaven, he can infuse our lives with meaning and purpose and work in us something that lasts for eternity. So if you're here this morning, and if you're a guest, we're so glad to see you. But you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian. And, and this might sound a bit jarring, but millions of people down through history have learned that Solomon's wisdom is true and that meaning, purpose, can only be found in Jesus Christ because without God, our life's work is empty. But on the other side, secondly, verse number two, there's an incredible follow-up to this. Here Solomon describes the restless strain of, of this self-effort, burning the candle at both ends, always bringing work home, never putting your phone down, trying to respond to emails through the night. And on the other hand, he has this picture of the person who is trusting God's involvement. They still work hard, but there's a calmness, there's a rest, because as we read in verse number two, the Lord gives his beloved sleep. You see, for many of us, the opposite of rest isn't hard work. It's just more restlessness. And often when we can't sleep, it's not because there's work to be done, but it's because we're stressed, we're, we're concerned. There's a restlessness that creeps in. Health concerns, money pressures, our, our children are in circumstances that we can't quite control. But the wisdom here for us is that we are, in many ways, to be like the seven children that we've been introduced to this morning. I wonder if you could remember with your first, when you first are sent out of the hospital, you, you're kind of given this little human being 
you've bought your car seat, which you've spent like ages researching just for this moment of putting it into the car seat for the first time. And then you say thank you to the midwife and you, you sort of go out and you're, you're sort of on your own. And I can still remember when we brought Eli home in the car, turning to Susie saying, well, I guess it's up to us now. All of the child's needs, physical, emotional, food, shelter, love and support, it's dependent. It's just dependent on us. And Eli obviously didn't know that before that, the only thing I'd looked after was a hamster when I was a kid. And that only lasted for five weeks. He's not coming home stressed from the hospital, anxious about who's going to look out for him. He's just dependent on us. And we sort of kept him fed and cleaned his nappies and held him to sleep. And he just had no stress, no anxiousness. He actually sometimes slept like a baby. And so the same thing is true of us. Isn't it crazy that God designed human beings to sleep every night? so that we too would learn this dependence. Every night we lie down, we enter into sometimes a quiet state of comatose, utter weakness, blind to the world, dependent on God. So let me say this particularly to parents this morning. Yes, you have a responsibility to build a home for God. Yes, you have to be the watchman, who looks out for your children. And there's a massive spiritual task ahead, but please remember first and foremost, you are a child of God. You belong to him and you're dependent on him. He is the Lord and he is the ceaseless and effective worker. He never stops, he never slumbers or sleeps. You can trust him with your family, with their well-being, with their education, with their career, with their love life. He knows our needs. And James tells us he is generous. He lavishes on us what we need. He is the builder who loves you. He is the watchman who loves you. So every time you put your child in the cot or later on you watch them drive out down the driveway, remember to put your head on the pillow and trust God or lie down on the sofa for a nap and rest in God's embrace the love and care of your heavenly Father. He is the one who is the ceaseless worker. So firstly, without God, our life's work is empty. Secondly, with God, he is the ceaseless worker in whom we can rest. And then finally, verse number three to five, and very briefly, Solomon gets to the fun of babies. And again, similar to verse number one, we have these parallel statements Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Maybe the babies come along here because the parents are having that really good rest in verse number two. But whatever the journey may be to get here, this is a, a perfect example of what Solomon has been talking about, this collaborative project of building a house. Certainly these kids, they, they look like yours and you certainly made them. And the mothers up here carried them in their wombs for nine months. But the Psalm here reminds us that primarily they're not yours, but they're a gift of God's grace. And it's him at work in building your home and filling it with children. And so our third point is this, God gives children as a gift to bless. Despite what our culture may say, children are not an inconvenient afterthought. They're deeply precious, a gift of grace from God to bless and to do good. In verse number four, Solomon goes on, they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Certainly back then, socially, it was a huge asset to have the extra manpower and muscle and brains and wit of good sons and daughters. And I know, I certainly imagine it's not going to be too long until you know, Noah Wilson is going to be a great deterrent for anyone who wants to mess around with the aging Wilsons. But more than just socially, what a wonderful spiritual gift these little ones are. And that's why the parents have come here this morning, because they know these little lives are gifts from God, and we need the church's help. We need your prayer 
We need your experience, your visits, your care. We need to support these little tots so that these little gifts of life and potential become arrows in the Lord's quiver, building blocks in the Lord's work. How great is the potential for the kingdom of God in the seven little lives we have been introduced to this morning? So our prayer is that Alice and Connor and Elliot and Amy, Betsy, Bonnie and Noah, and add to that all the other little ones running around and making noise this morning, that they would be arrows for God in their generation to take the sharp tip of the gospel of truth to this hardening world. And we want them to come to the knowledge of Jesus as their creator, the one who infuses their life with meaning, the one who gives them rest, and the one who will use them as the gifts that he has given to bless others. So it's full on. It's hard work. I'm exhausted. You're exhausted. But this is the wisdom of Solomon. Don't do it without God. If you're here this morning and you're yet not a Christian, please take this to heart. Our life's work is emptiness without God. Entrust ourselves and our children to God. He is the ceaseless, effective worker. And God has given us our children as a gift to bless. So maybe pray and work with rest towards unleashing them in the hands of our God for his purposes. Let's just close in prayer. Father, in an ever-changing world, we thank you for the ancient and unchanging truth of your scriptures. We thank you for the word that we have considered this morning, and we pray that it would be an encouragement and a challenge to each of us, whether we yet don't know you as our Lord and Savior, whether we're still um, learning to be disciples. We pray that uh, your word would strengthen us and give us wisdom. So we commit ourselves, we commit these seven little lives and their families to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you uh, to Tim for those uh, words uh, of wisdom uh, from Solomon uh, for us. Isn't that exciting uh, for us uh, as a church to have these seven uh, children and the other children uh, as part of our uh, church family. And let's, uh, let's us all take uh, the responsibility of remembering them in our prayers uh, and encouraging these families uh, through the good times and the difficulties of the next years. Uh, so thank you to everyone for being here with us uh, this morning. We're going to just take time to finish by singing the words of uh, 10,000 Reasons. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Let's uh, stand and we'll sing. And after this, uh, our service is over. Mm-hmm.